Welcome to the Granary Church podcast. We're happy you could join us. For more information on the Granary Church, head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at the Granary Church. When I was a child, I grew up in North Lampton and my grandparents lived in Waratah and we used to drive through Waratah West to get there. And I remember looking out the window and this was before you had to wear seatbelts as a child, just sat there. And... uh, and we went to a First Nations community. Just remember seeing the children playing there. And many years later, I met a pastor named Bill Simons, and I discovered he was one of those children, and he was stolen from his parents from that community. And, uh, and I didn't know. And I lived half a kilometre away. And sometimes you think you know things, and you don't know. And sometimes we as Christians think we know everything there is to know. Remember, we serve the God who created the heavens and the earth. The universe is larger than any of us can begin to understand. So let's start by saying that as we grow to know Jesus more, uh, we keep discovering more and beautiful things about him and how wonderful he is. And we just keep discovering that we as human beings need to humble ourselves to be filled with him and to learn more of him and what he wants us to do in the world. And so I just want to pray for us tonight that we see him more clearly tonight and see more clearly what we're called to do and who we're called to be. So Father, as we come before you tonight, thank you that you are here with us. Thank you that you trust us human beings with this wonderful message of your good news. And I pray for each one of us tonight, Lord, that we will see you more clearly that any way that we've put you in a box and decided you are just like this and we know they're all, is, all there is to know, Lord, break us out of that box tonight and help us to see your beauty, your kindness, your holiness, your majesty, your power. Help us to see you more clearly tonight, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. In um, 1894, there was a, a lord called Lord Kelvin and he was speaking at the British Association for the Advancement of Science, 1894. And this is what Lord Kelvin said. There's nothing new to be discovered in physics. All that remains is more and more precise measurement. So basically he believed by 1894 they'd worked out everything there was to know about physics. And then only 11 years later, Albert Einstein burst under the scene and he published a paper on special relativity. And this changed the whole way we now understand our world. And for 200 years, physics has been... For 200 years, physics had been travelling in one direction and then suddenly it moved into the opposite way and we call it a paradigm shift or a seismic paradigm shift. Everyone thought they had it all worked out and suddenly we realised we don't have it worked out. And these things have happened all through, all through history. People believed the world was flat and then everyone had their minds blown when they realised it wasn't flat. Uh, it, people keep discovering the stars and planets and things that I learnt once as a child. The universe is now, suddenly we realise it's bigger and there are seismic shifts. And Jesus is the biggest seismic paradigm changer ever. And in the scriptures you'll see several world-changing paradigm shifts and I just want to look at one of them tonight. And some of them we forget and we go back into our old ways and sometimes it's because Jesus' ways are quite uncomfortable. They have to move us out of our comfort zone a little bit. And tonight I might be pushing you out of your comfort zone a little bit. But go with me because your comfort zone is not the best place to be all the time. And in this one, 
I'm going to look at Jesus uh, with his close friends on the night before his crucifixion and the, the seismic shift, the paradigm shift he presented that night at what we call the Last Supper when he was having dinner with his friends is overturned, overturned a lie that had been plaguing humanity and continues to plague humanity and that is that to be blessed and to get ahead in life, it's all about you. You put yourself first. It's all about you. And uh, Rick Warren writes a really great book called The Purpose Driven Life. And the very first sentence of his book is, it's not all about you. That's a shock, isn't it? I mean, really think about it. If someone says, it's actually not all about you. Well, basically, we do like to think everything is all about us. And this is a seismic shift. So let me just read this story to you. It might be familiar to many of you, but I want to point out a few things here. It says this, um, Jesus knew... The Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So here we have a very interesting situation. Even if you're in the room that night and you didn't know who Jesus was, you didn't know he's God, you didn't know everything that's about to happen. At least you knew this from being there with him for a long time, particularly those friends who'd been wandering around with him. You know he's a highly respected teacher and rabbi. In other words, in the room you have uh, levels of people and Jesus is the top. Now in this society, the, per the top person does not get down and serve other people. And what Jesus did in this time for these people, and I want you to see this tonight because you may have heard that story and think, oh yeah, this is, this is what Jesus did. What he did was he took off his crown and he put on an apron and he chose to do it. He chose to serve these people. I just want to read this again and unpack this a little bit for you. Jesus knew this. He knew this about himself. He wasn't unsure about this. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. So he knows where he fits in the grand scheme of things. And he knew that he had come from God and he knew he was returning to God. So he knows all of this. So he got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing and he wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Now, this is why they did this. Because in these days, there were people wore sandals and we didn't have tarred streets like we have now. People walked through the dust and the dirt and the animal poo and whatever was on the ground and then they came to dinner and the table was on the ground as well so everyone sat around there with their smelly feet and it was essential that people had their feet washed and the feet being washed was the, the job of the lowest servant in the house. Now for some reason the lowest servant doesn't turn up to do the job and so who is going to do the job? No one volunteered to do the job by the way. Everyone knows that it has to happen, but no one volunteers to do the job. And Jesus is the one who gets up and chooses to do the job. Now, this is an honour-shame culture that we're talking about. And in an honour-shame culture, your honour is like your credit rating. And so humility didn't come in. The whole idea of a leader with humility, this is why you've got to sort of understand what this is saying. You and I are now used to liking leaders who are humble we don't like arrogant leaders we don't like dictators but that started on this night don't know if you realize that this started on this night what you are used to actually started on this night because up until then humble leaders were seen as foolish 
People didn't like humble leaders. That was a silly thing to do. If you wanted to be a great leader and a powerful leader, you had to be full of yourself and you had to make sure everyone knew that you were at the top. And your credit rating was really, really important. And if you want to get rid of your credit rating and lose your reputation, one thing you would do would wash everyone's feet. Make yourself look like you're nothing and make yourself look like you don't know who you are. So he takes a great risk in doing this because suddenly they may think he is actually nothing. He should have been protecting his, his reputation. And so Simon Peter is really uncomfortable with this, really, really uncomfortable. It's kind of like, think of someone that you look up to, someone really famous, everyone knows, maybe a great artist, singer, actor, someone, the queen, the king. Well, we don't have the queen. Uh, sorry. But imagine she was around and she comes to your house and uh, someone you love, okay, someone you really look up to and you're running late so you shove everything away, lock the doors and you just have one area looking really nice and she or he, this person you love, comes and uh, they go into the bathroom and they realise you didn't have time to clean it. So I think, where is the queen? Oh, she's scrubbing my toilet for me. And she's not doing it because she doesn't like your toilet, then she's making your bed. It's because she thinks, how can I serve you? You put yourself out, how can I serve you? And so he's embar- you would be embarrassed, wouldn't you? I'd be embarrassed if anyone came and started cleaning up my house for me. I guess unless it was my kids, and I'd be really happy about that. But, uh, <laughs> but he, he's embarrassed. And, and so um, Simon Peter says to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realise now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. He was really uncomfortable. And Jesus said, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. So Peter didn't understand that in a few hours, Jesus would take off his crown again, this time not for an apron, but for a cross. And he would be stripped of his dignity and he would be humiliated. And he would show us, that the only hope for the world is this love that dies totally to itself and gives itself for the sake of someone else. And that is the seismic paradigm shift. And if you are a follower of Jesus, you say, that's how I want to live as well. I want to take off my crown as well. And when he had finished washing their feet, it says, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. In other words, yes, I do have this high place. I do. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, let's acknowledge my position here, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Just listen to that again. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. We live in a world that believes you look, for your, look out for yourself and push yourself ahead. But Jesus is saying this, you'll be blessed if you do this. And if you're a follower of Jesus and you cannot follow this, you're saying that you are greater than your master. And if you're sharing the message of Jesus but you cannot do this, you are saying that you are greater than the teacher who was Jesus. And Jesus' message is clear. Now it's your turn. This is the new way of living. This is the way of Jesus. This is the way to follow Jesus. You serve and you take off your crown. 
and you may think, I don't have a crown. So what's your crown? Let me help you unpack what your crown might be. Your crown might be uh, that you are, you do have a role that is superior to someone else, but you're called to take it off to serve the people who are below you in some way. But sometimes you might have a job or you might be in some place where you are maybe the bottom of the rung, but you're negative and critical about everyone above you, which means you have a crown. You still have a crown of superiority because you think that you know how you could run everything better than them. So what I'm saying is it doesn't matter where you come in the pecking order of your life, you can all have a crown. Your crown can be... Um, your, your rightness, you think you're better than everyone else because you are right. Your crown could be that you believe you vote for the right person or you see this issue properly or your crown could be that you think you are superior because you are cleverer, because you have more money, because there's many crowns. You need to ask the Lord what your crown is. Is there someone in your life that you feel like you really couldn't take off your crown and serve? And you will know in your heart. Each one of us will have a different person. But, you know, it does say that when we get to heaven, everyone will take off their crown and bow before Jesus. And I would say it's a good idea to take it off now. Practice getting it off now rather than walking into heaven feeling so good about yourself and realising that uh, you are merely a servant in his amazing kingdom. Time to take off our crowns. So I just want to show you how you can do this and how Jesus did this. So I want to read you this story from Mark chapter 7. And it says, Again he, which is Jesus, departed from the borders of Tyre and Sidon, and he came to the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the region of Decapolis. They brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. They begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him aside from the multitude privately and put his finger into his ears and spat and touched his tongue. Looking up to heaven, he sighed, and he said to him, Ephbatah, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened and the impediment of his tongue was released and he spoke clearly. He commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he commanded them so much, the more widely they proclaimed it. They were astonished beyond measure. And I just want to quickly give you three lessons in serving from this story, the way of Jesus to serve. Firstly, Jesus served in close proximity. It says, they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. So he was close to him. Sometimes we want to do something that's big and bold that everybody notices. But you know what? No one gets the Nobel Peace Prize just for loving their neighbour, the un unseen person. No one might notice. And it, that's where you find out if you're doing it so that people think you're amazing or you're doing it because you truly love people. And this one was brought to him and he was deaf and he had an impediment in his speech and he was way down the chain. In that, uh, in that social setting. He would have to have been probably a beggar as well to be in that situation. And Jesus ministers to the people who are right in front of him. And every day this week, someone will be right in front of you or, some, or God will bring someone to your mind right in front of you. And whether you're here or wherever you are going this week, there'll be people in front of you just like they were with Jesus. And Jesus is asking you to listen every day to listen because he's sending you out into the world to take off your crown and put on your apron and serve. And there'll be someone brought in front of you. And what do you work out to do? Just simply what Jesus did at that last supper, what needed to be done. 
just the thing that needed to be done at that moment. It doesn't have to be an amazing thing, just the thing that needed to be done at that moment. It may be someone you know, it may be someone that you don't know. It may be someone for whom taking off your crown is tricky for you, it may be someone for whom it is easy for you, and my prayer is that as we go on in life it becomes easier and easier to become like Jesus and take off our crown, that we love to take off our crown because we love to see people loved and served. Secondly, Jesus served him personally. It says he took him aside from the multitude privately. You see, this man, he was deaf and he had a speech impediment. And if he was a beggar as well, he knew what it was like to be a spectacle for people to look at him. And so Jesus doesn't make a spectacle of him. It says he took him aside privately and spoke to him. What dignity he gave that man. A man who was nothing in society, he got a special meeting with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and he was healed by him. He gave him dignity in the way that he served him. And thirdly, Jesus served powerfully. He prayed and he accessed God's power and you too have the ability to do that. You have the ability to do that when you're with people. You have the ability to do that when you're away from people. You have the ability to say, the courage maybe to say, can I pray for you? Or just to simply pray quietly. Whatever you feel the Holy Spirit is, is asking you to do. There is incredible power in prayer. And there's power in prayer too in letting people know that you actually really care for them and you bring them into God's presence. You may not always know what to pray, but you can ask the Holy Spirit to tell you what to pray. So who is in your world and who will you encounter this week? And what will you do about it? And will you take off your crown? And so as we ask the worship team to come back up now, I, you know, Ben started off tonight by saying we're just going to take some time to listen. And I don't want us to leave without taking just a little bit of time to listen because God will speak to you. God is looking for willing people who would serve as he serves, who would go into situations and not be so high and mighty that they couldn't serve, but we're willing to take off our crown and put on an apron and to be a servant. And this is the way of Jesus. This is actually the way of Jesus. To, to follow Jesus means to humble ourselves. It says in Philippians that Jesus did not, in Philippians chapter 2, it says that he didn't even consider equality with God something to be grasped, even though he knew he was God. But he humbled himself to the point of death on a cross. And as a result of that, God raised him up. He raised him from the dead and he seated him at a place where he is high above all names and all authorities and all powers in this world that you can see and in the invisible world which is very real amongst us. He is the King of kings and he is the Lord of lords and you and I get to serve him. And so I'm just going to ask you to take some time and ask God to speak to you and see what he might say to you now. Thank you for listening to our Sunday podcast. If you enjoyed it, either subscribe or follow on the podcast app that you use to keep up to date on when our next Sunday podcast gets released. Have a safe and blessed week.